You know, a few years ago now, Mouse had a teaching from a particular parsha, and he talked about how there were so many different areas within that parsha that he could focus on because there was so much there. Well, this one is not much different. There's so much in parsha Re'eh that we could talk about. It's appropriate that uh, Choose Gerizim was the last song in the worship set this morning. As I just showed Steve, after his opening and closing of that song and this final prayer he offered, those of you who did pick up a bulletin will know that the title of this message is It's Your Choice. Again, so much we could talk about. So little time to talk about it. But you can talk about a lot of it if you go to Torah Club later. They will probably cover much of it. Maybe. So Re'eh is a continuation of one of Moses' three speeches or sermons, if you will, that he delivered to the Israelites before they entered the Promised Land. And, of course, before his death. The translation of Re'eh in most of your English translations is see. But, of course, you understand, I'm, I'm sure, if you don't, you will in a moment, that it's not in the sense of being able to see with your eyes. Because it's not something that the Israelites could actually see that was going to happen. It, it's more understood as behold this again is one, again this is a continuation of Moses doing this repetition of the Torah and he had these three major speeches this is the longest of those speeches and it addresses a multitude of rules that God wants the Israelites ergo us to live by it covers principles of how we should live and behave. Among other things, it, concern, it involves the rules concerning the sanctuary, the dietary laws, the laws about mourning, and other things. If you haven't read Re'eh, I strongly suggest that you read Re'eh to get the whole overview of everything that it talks about. So he begins by giving them a couple of options. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning verse 26, he says, See, or behold, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the mitzvot of Adonai your God that I'm commanding you today, but the curse if you do not listen to the mitzvot of Adonai your God, but turn from the way I am commanding you today to go after other gods you have not known. I pointed it out in the past, and for review purposes, I'll do this again. The English does not do this passage justice because it says, if you listen and if you do not listen. The Hebrew says, when you listen to the mitzvot of Adonai, you God that I'm commanding you today, the blessing. And then if 
you don't listen, the curse. See, grammatically, it's a little different when you look at the Hebrew. It's asher versus im, so it's not if and if. So the condition is when you choose the right path, when you choose to follow, when you choose Gerizim, then you will, because you have done that, inherit the blessing. Now I think we can all agree that everyone has the same two choices. It's simple. Right or wrong, good or bad, blessing or curse, God's way or the world's way. But all of our choices matter. They make a difference in our own lives. And they affect others based on our decisions. Every decision that we make, even the ones that sometimes seem to be very inconsequential, can become a blessing or a curse. Every one of us, as individuals, is responsible for our own actions. Not only for what we do, but also for what we don't do. Rabbi Jody Gerson once said, We live in a world where we're constantly making ethical, moral, and spiritual choices. Do we recycle that bottle or is it too much trouble? Do we cut someone off in traffic or do we proceed in a more orderly fashion? Do we yell at our kids or speak softly? Do we ignore the homeless person we just walked by? Or do we retrace our steps and offer help? All of us are faced with similar questions in our own minds each and every day. And I have to say something. That last part is something that really hit home for me personally just this past week. For those that, those who do not like Starbucks, don't, don't crucify me because I go to Starbucks, okay? Everybody here knows that I'm a Starbucks drinker. <laughs> so I'm making my daily visit to Starbucks to pick up our drinks. And there was a homeless man sitting outside on the ground. Now, you have to understand the background here for a moment. It's not unusual in our neighborhood to see homeless people on the islands, on the curbs, in front of businesses, with their hands out, asking for money. But after a while, as I'm sure many of you have experienced, We see the very same people day after day at the same place doing the same thing. Now, granted, economic conditions right now could be a factor. But I don't see that any of them, the regulars that is, are making any changes to their behavior to change their situations. And... It seems to me that it's easier for them, and there's been articles in the paper about it, to stand there and beg for money. There's articles that show people that make more money than some of you do when you work. Those of you who are retired, look back to when you were working. 
Some of them can make very large amounts of money in the course of a day just holding out a bucket and a sign. Well, the thing is, it's easier for them to beg for it than to work for it sometimes. But what irritates me the most is when you see somebody out there with a sign, homeless, please help, hungry, and they're smoking cigarettes, and not just one they bum from someone, but you could see this pack in their pocket. So they had enough money to get a pack of cigarettes, but they couldn't get something to eat. That drives me nuts. So that's the background of it. And on top of that, some of them are riding around on bicycles, Not just any bicycle, but some beach cruisers that look almost brand new. Okay, how'd they get these brand new beach cruisers? I can't afford a second-hand beach cruiser. But this day, I'm walking past him. By the way, this is a man I'd never seen before. Like I said, we've seen all the others. We, We know their faces. One of them even dyed his hair, but we knew who he was. I don't know if he was trying to disguise himself or not, but he looked no different from the day his first sign said, uh, just got out of the hospital, to the next time it said, homeless, hungry, out of work. But he tried to change his appearance somehow. Well, this day I'm going by, and this man speaks to me and asks me to buy him a breakfast sandwich. Well, because of the area we're in, because of the past experiences, my first reaction was no. So I go on in. Before I get to the counter, I heard in my head Yeshua speaking the words from Matthew 25:42, And I heard it very clearly. Yes, I was hearing things. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. So what do you think I did? Before I even got to the counter, I turned back around and walked out and asked him, what sandwich would you like? And he told me which one he wanted. So I went back in, and I bought him the sandwich. See, initially I made what was for me at the moment the wrong choice. I chose a ball. It was the easiest. No, But eventually, after I heard those words in my head, I immediately rectified it. And again, for me, it became the right choice. I chose Gerizim. Others may have other, other experiences where you would have said, still said no. That's okay. Because that's for you. Again, it's your choice. In another area, have you ever heard, overheard, a racist or belittling or an insulting comment that somebody made within your hearing? And then you just kind of let it slide. It's, It's not my place to say anything. It's not my battle. They weren't talking to me. I wasn't even part of the conversation. So it's not my place to intervene. See, sometimes we make a choice by agreeing with or not commenting on or by ignoring 
the actions of others. Sometimes it's appropriate to speak up. Depending on the situation, maybe it's not very safe to speak up. Again, it's your choice. We all have to make a choice when we're going to do the right thing, how we're going to do the right thing, and where we're going to do the right thing. But by not doing anything at all, that doesn't necessarily mean you're making the right choice. But taking action in and of itself is making a decision. Now, if that decision is right for you, hallelujah. Do what you're called to do, what you're directed and led to do. It's your choice. Blessing and curses are always your choice. It's just the creation of man. God never forced him to obey his commands and to live according to those instructions. From the very beginning, he gave all humankind the freedom of choice. So every individual becomes responsible for their own actions or decisions. Sometimes I think it would be easier if God just took me by the collar and just pushed me in the right direction that he wanted me to go. Because sometimes the decision is hard to make. Where to go, what to do, what to say, what to see, who to see, what to eat, what not to eat. But that's not the God we serve. He gives us the choice. He gives us free will. Every man, every woman can choose to do good or bad. And then based on the choice that you make, you bring yourself a blessing or dare I say, a curse. I would hope, and God would hope, that we all choose Gerizim. Choose the right. Choose the blessing. But that doesn't always happen because of free will. Now, after making those choices known to the Israelites, Moses continues in chapter 11, verse 29, and says, now when Adonai your God brings you into the land you are going in to possess, you are to set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. You know, three weeks, three or four weeks, we're going to be in Parashat Kitavo. And Moses will further details that commandment. And what he says there is half the people are going to stand on Mount Gerizim. The other half are going to stand on Mount Ebal. Incidentally, side note, I don't think that he sent the evil ones to Mount Ebal and the good ones to Mount Gerizim. Okay? It, was in a, it was more of an illustration of how it's going to be split. Not all of you are going to choose the right thing. But then he had the Levites standing in the valley between the two mountains. And they were going to recite the blessings on Mount Gerizim, and the curses on Mount Ebal. And during this time, it's interesting that after every curse, the scriptures actually record that they recited from the mountain, Amen. They all agreed with what the Levites were saying to them on every single curse. 
They didn't do that on the blessings, but they did on the curses, which meant they understood it, which meant they planned to abide by God's word and his command. Now, some might even ask, how and why did Gerizim get picked for the blessing and Ebal for the curses? Why wasn't it the other way around? Well, if you look at a little, do a little fact finding, you'll find out that there is a significance to putting the blessings on Gerizim and the curses on Ibal. Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch, who was a prominent German commentator over 150 years ago, pointed out a comparison between Gerizim and Ibal. He noted they are both located north and south of the city of Shechem, and that they're both very similar to one another, and they're in an equally similar area. As far as height, they're pretty close too. Mount Gerizim is about 2,890 feet high. Mount Ebal is about 3,083 feet high. On a side note here for a moment, the sages weren't certain that these were actually the two mountains that are referred to in Scripture. But it's generally accepted that that, those are the right mountains. Now one thing I did note in looking at the height, Ebal is a little bit higher, not much, a few additional feet. Could that be because there's more, well... Leave more room for curses? Eh, I don't know. God knows. Now, the two mountains, even though they're relatively similar in height, they would have been exposed, because of that, to the same elements. The wind, the sunlight, the rain, the dew. But despite those similarities there's a noticeable difference between them. Mount Gerizim is covered with lush vegetation all the way to the peak, making it alive and beautiful. Mount Ebal, on the other hand, is noticeably barren, the absence of life and healthy growth. Now, could that be a reflection of the fact that it was the curses were put on Ebal, that's why it's ended up that way, or was it that way to begin with? I wasn't there. I can't go into that. But it is interesting that although they're relatively similar in all other respects, one of them is alive and the other one is dead. So whether or not that's a result of the blessing being placed on Gerizim and the curse on Ebal, it's in the same way, it's still an obvious difference. So that same implication can be put upon us. The blessing and the curses depend on us as individuals. Because our choice. We get to choose one way or the other. That's what God allowed with free will. So we shouldn't think 
that it's something on our outside that causes us to obtain happiness or blessings or to become righteous or achieve success. One thing we can never do and should never do is fool ourselves into thinking that if we don't have enough wisdom and riches, beauty or status, that we can't have success in our lives. We have to always understand and remember that for anyone to be successful depends on who we are as individuals. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how you act. As long as you're acting in the right way, the way God commanded. So in the same way that Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal have similar assets, and each one has its own outcome, a person is the same as them. Our outward appearances don't lead anyone to being blessed or cursed. Instead, it's, up, it's because of our deeds and our actions before God. If we choose to let momentary desires and varying impulses guide our path and turn us in every direction, whichever the way the wind is blowing, then we won't be able to choose blessing. We're not following the Holy Spirit. We're following our own desires. We're following other people's directions. And we're not doing what we're supposed to do. If we move ourselves forward and direct our ambitions and our purposes toward the proper moral path and consistently walk in the path that God has given us to walk, and deemed to be the correct path, and to a lesser part, even man, because there are some in our our relatives, our friends, who are walking with the Lord and doing the right thing and choosing blessing. So it's okay to follow them if they're leading you in the right path. That will lead us to the joy and the blessings of choosing Gerizim. I wanted to point out one thing in the first portion of what Norm read this morning. And I think it's very important because every word of Torah has a reason, a purpose. And sometimes I've read there were comments and questions. In verse 26, he says, See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. He goes on toward the end of the 27th verse, and he says, The misfold of Adonai, your God, that I am commanding you today. And then down toward the end, in verse 32, he says, I am setting before you today. Is it not the same day that Moses is making this speech? I mean, is it skipping from day to night and the next day? No. It's all the same day, but it was important to emphasize that these commandments are be given right now. Today. So could the same 
message been delivered without repeating today? Sure. But there was a great emphasis on it. Moses was saying, he was speaking God's word saying, this is the day it's being established. Today is the day that you make a choice. Same with us. Today is the day we make a choice. Because if you look in the archives, and I believe there's a couple of CDs back there, tomorrow is not promised. We don't know if there will be a tomorrow. And we don't know what tomorrow will bring. But we know what we're doing right now, today. And that's what Moses was saying. He was saying, pay attention because right now I'm telling you today what God wants you to hear. So it was important that he repeat the word today. Hayom. Now this coming Tuesday evening is the beginning of the month of Elul. Elul being the month that leads up to the high holy days. There's um, plenty of teaching back there in the archives about Elul and about the high holy days. We're going to hear a little bit more as we get closer. But just as a review, it's a time of reflection, personal reflection. It's introspection and it's reconciliation. Reconciliation to who? Well, of course, to God. But it's also reconciliation to one another. We're encouraged to settle our debts. Debts can also mean disagreements. So that we can enter into the new year cleansed, reconciled. It's during this time of the year that we search our hearts and our souls and we make decisions. Again, it's your choice. You can follow those leads or you can... Dismiss them. But it's during this time of year that we as a community of individuals choose a blessing or curse based upon what God said. Every one of us, separately and individually, have a decision to make as to how we respond to the commands of God. What are you going to do What am I going to do? What are we going to do? Those are important questions. Most of those questions can only be answered individually. But it's with the corporate mindset. If God himself didn't or wouldn't or decided he couldn't, force anyone to be obedient, guess what? No man can either. I can't force you to observe the commandments. I can't force you to observe the high holy days. I can't force you to read the Parsha each week. I can't force you to come in and worship. I can't force you to show up for prayer. None of that is up to me. I can only encourage. God won't do it, so I can't do it. You can't do it. None of us can do it individually. We can only encourage one another because we have the ability and, yes, we even have the power 
And even more so, we have the responsibility to make our choices. The choices we make will not only affect us as individuals, but those around us. Actually, the concept behind a commandment is the whole idea that we have a freedom of choice. Yeah, there are the downsides. If you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, that will happen. But we have the choice. Any mitzvah that we have in front of us when we read God's Word, we have the ability that it has the ability to elevate us, to bring us closer to Him. They have the ability to make us holy, sanctified, set apart for Him. They have the ability to make us a better people for each other and for Him. You know, we have the ability to refuse to obey. If we want to make that our choice. I'm going to close with this one comment that I read from one rabbi that said this. The ball is in your court. Choose wisely. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your commandments. We thank you that you set before us blessing and curse and gave us the freedom of choice. We pray that you would always direct us to make the right choice. But we thank you for the freedom to say no. We thank you for the ability to say no. But we praise you for your Ruach HaKodesh who will gently nudge us toward the right choice. That we will never be forced to do anything that we don't want to do. But you love us enough to direct us in that way. As the song says, Ebal is easiest, it seems. So easy to choose that way because it involves no responsibilities. It involves no commitments. But sometimes the harder choice is worth it in the end. Most of the time, we find that when we choose Gerizim, when we choose the blessings, when we choose to do what you want us to do, it ends up being the easier. Because we're committed to serving, worshiping, and honoring you. And when we do that, you make our way smooth. You make our way true. True to you and true to one another. And we thank you for that. Shem Yeshua. Amen.